Hello and welcome to the UCD Careers Network podcast, Careers Calling, where we call companies and they tell us about careers, advice and the current job market. Let's get calling. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the Careers Calling podcast from the UCD Careers Network. I'm Kieran, and I assist with the marketing and communications in the Careers Network. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about starting a career in communications. Here today to talk to me about this is Diane Sutherland from Fishawak Health. Fishawak Health is an independent, full-service global healthcare communications group with over 800 medical experts, marketing professionals, and strategic specialists. Diane is currently a professional development director at Fishawak, where she has worked for over 17 years. She has a PhD in bacteriology from Edinburgh University, and then moved into research positions, working for eight years in tropical parasitology at the Center for Tropical Veterinary Medicine in Edinburgh, and then in glycobiology at the biochemistry department in Oxford University for a further year. She began her career in medical communications as a medical writer in 1998 and has never looked back. She joined Fishawak in 2003 as employee number 13 and has worked with the company through its growth and evolution to the 850 plus person global agency that it is today. Diane, you are most welcome to the podcast. And that was a lot of words ending with ology that tried to trip me up. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, no, the pleasure is all ours, especially to speak to someone who is so accomplished. Like, my God, like you, you've done so much in your career so far. Where do you find the energy? <laughs> it's all really easy when you enjoy it. I mean, I must admit, I've, I never really think about it as any particular achievement. I've just sort of gone along, been really lucky, um, taken lots of challenges and things that i would never have ever considered that I would have done before. I think I would say, you know, to people who are you know, starting off a career, don't worry too much if you don't know exactly what you want to do or where you want to go, because as you go through your career, things that you never expect come along. And as long as you keep an open mind and give things a go, you can end up on a path that is thoroughly enjoyable which is exactly what mine has been and never ceases to surprise me and tell me kind of addressing the parasite in the room let's say how has COVID-19 affected Fisherwack and the work that it does well it's it's strange because you know obviously everybody is affected and uh, in terms of the work that we do um, we are busier than ever I mean because we're medical communications and obviously it's a medical thing all the clients that we work with all the pharmaceutical companies that we work with have got as well as the drugs they've always been working on they've got drugs and treatments and vaccines that they're looking at for COVID so we've got extra projects because and these are high priority and very fast turnaround projects so we have more work than we've ever had um, and are you know finding that we're you know recruiting faster than we've ever done, which I know is perhaps unusual in the, the current climate. So in terms of business, we're very busy. In terms of how we're working, we're obviously we've all been working from home. Um, 
we've we're quite used to that we've your medical communications people do work from home some people are home based so we're already well set up to work from home and um, people have in lockdown people took all their equipment from the office and used it to set up their home offices the big difference now is that we're all working from home rather than just certain people having said that uh, we're now at a stage where we've opened up our offices again to anyone who wants to go in it's not compulsory but people can go in if they want to which is nice and a few people do and just depends on the circumstances you know some people have perhaps got too many distractions at home so they like to get into the office other people are just want to see people face to face again but in terms of you know work we're you know we're still very busy in some ways that's probably the, the biggest challenge at the moment is is how busy we are and um you know how we how we work in lockdown but it's we're it's a good industry to be in uh in terms of security i would say and interest because you're in the thick of it it's great you're you're working at the forefront as you always are but it's particularly enjoyable at the moment Particularly interesting for myself, I, I've studied media and communications for most of my, my adult life and I'm just about to complete a master's in communications. And kind of given over recent years the proliferation of the likes of fake news and so on, what are the benefits for companies in providing good, clear communications to all of their stakeholders? You know, I think, uh, you know, good, clear communications is just, it's fundamental to everything you know personal and professional i mean how many times have you heard something something goes drastically wrong it's because something wasn't communicated or something was communicated wrongly or misinterpreted so i think you know always always at the at the sort of the base of everything is it important to have good clear communication and you know you can't it, it's it's crucial to good decision making we know that's really important just now so many decisions are being made um so the communication has to be good so you can make the right decision it's really important for engaging people um it's re, it's just important on so many different levels without that good clear communication then so many things trip up so it's worth spending the extra time and effort making sure that things are communicated properly and tell me, how would you define what medical communications is? That, that is a very good question and one that all of us get asked by our families all the time. And it's such a difficult one to answer. <laughs> um, I remember when I left academia, meeting up with uh, lab colleagues and somebody saying to me, oh, medical communications, so you write the these inserts that you get in aspirins and things to tell you how to to take it and what the contraindications are. I was like, no, that's not medical communications at all. What medical communications is, is basically is taking, so we work, our, our um, clients, uh, the people that we work with are the pharmaceutical industry, by and large, the vast majority of the pharmaceutical industry. So what we're doing is we are educating um, about their new treatments, um, about drugs that they've got in development. We're taking that, all that information and we're communicating out to the people that they need to communicate it to. So that can be anything from their own salespeople, their own employees, um, to top experts in the field, consultants, nurses, patients. So it's getting the information about their new upcoming treatment 
or an existing treatment that might have a new indication, getting that out to the right people at the right time. And that is that is kind of the, the bottom line on it. So we might be working on presentations with experts to give it symposia, working with experts on authorships and helping them with their publications. Because I know myself when I was in the lab, there you could get lots of great results, but people often that was once they had the results, they were they felt they'd done their job and getting people to publish things is really quite difficult because they've got so many other things to do. But if they don't publish it, then what was the point in doing it? They need to get it out there. So we're there to kind of support that process as well. So in medical communications, we're there to help get these communications out. Um, we might we used to do a lot. When I started, it was all uh, papers and slides, actually 35 mil slides. But now much more of it is digital. You know, There's lots of websites that we do. Um, so you're working on lots of projects with with lots of experts and with the pharmaceutical companies to to get um, materials out to the people who need it, so that they can understand when a drug comes to the market. They know exactly what it is. They know exactly which patients to use it in, um, and you know they can make their decisions basically. And um, how is talent recruited in an in, in industry like this? Has COVID-19 changed how this happens now? So what we do, so there are lots of different roles, but I'm going to talk to medical writing at the moment because that's kind of the key one uh, from my perspective and that that we're recruiting the the hardest in at the moment is we're looking for people who have a life sciences degree. So we'll advertise. When we're recruiting, we advertise. Um, We will either advertise, we always advertise on our own website um, and all medical communications agencies do that. Um, You also advertise through university departments because you guys have got brilliant careers departments nowadays uh, with some really great initiatives like this one. Um, In my day, there was no such thing as a careers department really, but now, you know, I'm really so impressive. Um, so we use it, do a lot of careers fairs um, and, you know, we get people in that way. So we, we do sort of tend to focus on if we, you know, we, the particular skill set we need or the particular qualification we need, we'll go to that department. We also advertise on places like Indeed. Um, and we get a lot, a lot of our recruitment comes from uh, personal networks as well. So you'll get people who... You know, they might have a friend who they worked with in the lab or they know a friend who's worked at another medcoms agency. So you use a lot of networking as well with with recruitment. And to be honest, in COVID, we haven't really changed any of that. A lot of the careers fairs and things have had to be virtual. A lot of the initiatives that um, universities are running have become virtual. We There's a medcoms networking agency that does a lot of really great work for people who are interested in this industry. They run a lot of events. They've had to make them virtual. But to be honest, I think that's worked really well. It's got a broader reach. And I've had people coming who say, oh, I saw I saw an interview or, or I saw you talking on, on a website. I listened to a recording. And so even months after the event, you're still getting people coming to you. So the virtual has worked really well. And I don't think people would have tried that so much if it hadn't been forced on them. Um, but the other thing that I suppose that's changed with COVID is we can't do face-to-face interviews. So we're having to do all that um, using you know, Zoom and, and Teams and, and other video conferencing, 
which is not ideal, but it's it, it's fine. It works fine. And just kind of, when you're thinking of your ideal candidate, what skills are sought from your editor? What will help someone succeed in this field? So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I think, you know, fundamentally, certainly if you're coming in as a medical writer, you have to have a life sciences degree of some description. You also have to have an interest um, in science, medicine, um, and you have to fundamentally be able to write and also to communicate well. You uh, have to enjoy that as well. So it you know, because it's such an intense job. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, it, it would be a, a dreadful time. So yeah, that fundamentally you need to you need to be able to write and you need to be able to communicate well. Um, we're also looking for people who are really who are well organised, who who don't mind, you know, who are used to or, or enjoy working to a deadline because it's a very deadline driven industry. Um, and you do have to be very organised because you're often working on lots of different projects at the same time. And you have some sort of enthusiasm and, and and flexibility as well. It's very dynamic. Um, you might you come in in the morning, you think you know what you're going to do, and then everything changes because a client needs something as a priority. So you have to be very flexible and and be happy working in that sort of flexible environment. And that's all very difficult to gauge an interview, to be honest. And I think if people can demonstrate examples from anything, it doesn't have to be specific to their degree or anything in their personal life that shows that they, you know, that they're a good communicator, you know, if they presented at something, do they have a blog, um, anything they do even as a hobby, you know, that involves um, showing that sort of dynamic, proactive, flexible, enthusiastic approach. I mean, we're, we're very much, you have to be, able to work on things on your own but you also have to be a good team player um, because everything we do we work in teams so you have to you know get on well with people and, and know how to work well with people so anything that you've done in your in your sort of academic or your personal life that demonstrates these skills will go down really well at an interview in medical communications or any communications job I think. Uh, what are the biggest challenges in both the medical communications area and by extension the overall communication sectors in general right now in your opinion yeah the the challenges i think one of the big challenges um is you know people working remotely um and how it's affecting their mental health i mean that's been a really big thing i think for all companies but in communications agencies it it seems to be particularly bad because we are so used to working in very close-knit teams um, and because we are, you know, it's very sort of young family orientated people that tend to work for us. So we they have childcare issues at the moment. So helping to support people with their mental health and well-being has been a, a big challenge during COVID. And the workload, I think I mentioned earlier that we are we've got so much work on at the moment. And we also have people that have had to reduce their hours because of childcare issues. So it's a kind of double-edged sword, really. So really managing that extra work because and clients are very demanding at the moment because of the, their COVID products. They need everything done really, really quickly. So these are, are very big challenges for us at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think managing the client expectations as well, because, again, they 
they need things very quickly. Um, we can't just magic up people to do things, uh, but they're getting pressure from their their bosses that we need all this information out there. The world is waiting for a COVID treatment. So managing client expectations at the, is always difficult, but particularly difficult at the moment. Um, and meetings as well. A lot of our work is uh, running events. And of course, events are just not happening now in the way that they used to. So we've had to very rapidly adapt to um, running events in a virtual way, which is quite different to the face-to-face -face way that we usually do them. It's, it's very labour-intensive and involves different skills. So upskilling people um, and training is, is a big challenge at the moment as well. And also because a lot of training used to be face-to-face. -face. Now we're having to find trainers that can do it on Zoom and you know, virtual platforms and do it in an engaging way. So, um, yeah, these are probably the biggest things at the moment, but um, I'm sure there are more, but that's quite enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the opposite side of that, what are the opportunities that are currently available? So I, I guess because we, you know, because we are very busy, there's lots of work because we're, you know, we're working. All, so that means, you know, work not just for, I mean, I've talked a lot about um, medical writers here, but the medical communications industry have got lots of other roles. Um, so there's project managers, there's uh, graphic designers, we've got events managers, we've got um, client service people, business development people. Um, operational, you know, office management, all everything, because we're so busy in, in the writing work that we're doing, everything else, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for different, you know, in different aspects of, of the account teams as well. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for people to try different things. I think it's fast-tracked a lot of the digital side of things. So it's giving people more opportunity to look at digital ways of doing things, virtual ways of doing things, and great opportunities, like I said, to be at that sort of forefront of, of what's happening in medicine in general, but in COVID, which is a particularly exciting area to be in when you're in the the treatment and vaccine side at the moment to be working there. So it's it is there are some great opportunities around just now, I would say. And just as a final note, what advice would you give to someone who is either thinking of a career in communications or might be in that say kind of life sciences uh, type of course who, who's a little bit unsure kind of where they want to go once they finish up in college? What would you say to them? I think it's I think if you if you've sort of come to the point where you think I don't not sure I want to stay in the lab um I'd like to look at something else if you are the sort of person that enjoyed writing up your thesis if you if you're the sort of person who would put their hand up to go to a, a conference to present to, to to be presenting your data all the time if if you're that way inclined and you really enjoy that side of things then it definitely is worth 
looking into Medcoms. And the way to do that, Medcoms networking site is a great first point because it's got lots of resources that tell you what it is to be a medical writer or what it is to work in medical communications. They do lots of webcasts. You can just do a little bit of research on it. Find somebody you know that works on it. You know, have a discussion with them. Find out what it really is like. What are the the ups and downs? Because like everything, you know, you have good days and bad. There are some things you love doing, other things that are not so great. Get a feel from them on, on what medical communications is. Go to these. There's so many great things now. All the Listen to all the podcasts. Go to all the career spheres. Talk to as many people as you can who work in the industry and really get a feel from them. Uh, about what it's like, what the day-to-day of, of working in Medcoms is. But there are so many um, resources out there that you can look at. It's, yeah, it's definitely worth taking some time to do that. Well, Diane, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And I hope to hear from some of your guys soon because we are, we do have an Irish, we have just... We're just in the process of starting up um, an Irish office outside Dublin. So <laughs> watch this space. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, look after yourself and all the best. You too. Thanks, Caelan. Thank you very much again to Diane from Fishawack for being with us here today. And next week, we will be joined by McCann Fitzgerald, where we will be talking about women in the workforce. So please make sure to tell your friends about us within that time and subscribe to our channels on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to find a list of all our episodes also, you can go directly to our website on ucd.ie forward slash careers forward slash podcasts. We'll see you next time.